Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. You know, you do this show long enough, and you kind of in the back of your mind hope that you have a show like this. And talk to many great players, many PGA uh, people associated with the game. Of course, Tom Hoagie over the years. Talk to Tom, you know, once or twice every year, Amy Olson. But you always hope that... That with that open, that Vern Lundquist, that Masters, this that feel this week, that you get to talk to Tom on the eve of the greatest tournament in the world, and that's where we're at right now. So pleased to have Tom Hoagie join us. Next time he takes the tee, he'll be introduced as Tom Hoagie from Fargo, North Dakota. How does that sound? Yeah, you know, it sounds pretty cool as we're getting closer here to the Masters and, uh, you know, everything that goes with the tournament. Um, pretty fun to start thinking about. Tom, I, I Tim Miles once told me, uh, the basketball coach, that you can't coach a big game like a big game. Do you have a similar approach to a tournament, a big tournament? You can't approach it like it's the biggest thing ever. You have to play that game, or do you? Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly you cannot play your best, you know, if you're kind of hanging on with both hands to the steering wheel and um, trying to guide it out there. You know, there's there's got to be a certain freedom that you've got to play with. And, um, you know, for me, I look at it that the preparation's kind of got to be to a level and hard enough that come tournament time you just go freewheel it and go play golf mm-hmm. and um, that's, that's kind of always the approach that I've taken and you know I've been playing long enough here out, out here you know luckily had some experience with US Opens and PGA Championships and uh, big events that that this shouldn't be too far off you know it's certainly different being at Augusta and just everything that goes with the Masters and wanting to be there uh, playing there and this will be the first time but um you know, when I get there, hopefully, like you said, take it as one other tournament and uh, not build it up to be too much. Was it that way with your first U.S. Open on the first tee? Did you have a hard time breathing, or were you able to uh, to, to adapt and just play golf right away? You know what? I felt I felt fine playing there right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I think where I've screwed up in the past at big events is I've always wanted to go there, and you know, John Dahl would come out with me, and I'd practice all day long every day, and I'd try to build up the practice and preparation just kept staying out there and by the time the tournament started i was tired and worn out mm-hmm. and um you know i've certainly learned from that you know last, I, I would compare that to last year at the u.s open at uh tory pines where we were and mm-hmm. i played nine holes each day and practiced for an hour or two and went back and rested because uh you know by the time that you get to Saturday, Sunday, you know, it's been a long week at those majors, and you need that extra energy to kind of carry it through the week. You know, that's a great point, and I attribute marathon running to uh, to golf in that it, it, it's a marathon. It's it's long. It's, it's all year. It's not a sprint. And I think the key for marathon runners is to get to the starting line feeling good and fresh. So you are taking this week off. You took the, the, turn, the, the week off a couple weeks ago. That, I think, is what you've learned. Is it not that, uh, you know, you don't need to play every week? Yeah, for sure. And, 
you know, I certainly, I was, I was really worn out. Um, I played six weeks in a row. Pebble Beach was the fourth of six. So at, when I got home after those six weeks, I was really worn out, needed a break. And mm-hmm. um, it's been good to be at home and kind of relax a little bit. But, um, you know, and even the week leading in here to Augusta, you know, my, my focus is on preparation and getting good practice in this week, but also uh, kind of clearing my schedule and not doing as much, um, certainly not going to games or going out with friends as much and just trying to get some good rest in at home. So uh, make sure I'm going into the week fresh. Well, TCU is not in the final four. So I, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess you don't have to worry about the Horned Frogs. Uh, what is <laughs> what, what is a week of prep for you this week as we record it? What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, kind of check the usual boxes and just work on the fundamentals as I always do. Um, there will be a little bit more focused on – uh, some of the short game shots that are required at Augusta and having to be so precise with those. But, um, you know, I've been playing well. I'd like to putt a little bit better here. Um, that's kind of held me back the last few events that I've played. So there'll be a little more focus on putting. And like there would always be at Augusta, you know, lag putting is such an important part of that week. Um, big greens out there with that are very slopey. So you've got to be very precise with uh, speed as you get going with greens. Tom Hoagie joins us at the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. The Masters next week is going to be quite the event. It usually is, and now we it really is for a lot of far owners. Do you feel the love around here? The, I know that a lot of kids, um, and you probably have no idea, but there's some motivation for kids here be, wanting to be the next Tom Hoagie at Augusta. <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty cool. Um, you know, I certainly don't I, – I, I get. I receive all the – text messages and support mm-hmm. when I play well so I certainly feel that um, I haven't been back in a few years since we played the match with uh, Bell Bank and uh, Amy Olson Josh Demel, Matt Cullen so I haven't been back much so hopefully I'll be able to make it back this summer, it'll be a little bit uh, more fun to see everybody again but um, you know it's pretty cool um, the tour kind of always gets on me to change my hometown to Fort yeah. Worth, Texas where I live but uh, you know to be one of I think I'm the fourth uh, player on the PGA Tour from North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool thing to have, and uh, certainly is unique on the PGA Tour tee. She's Fargo, North Dakota. The first since Mike Morley won the Quad Cities, I think, in like '77 <laughs> or something like that. It's a, and actually uh, uh, the most decorated is a fellow Fargo Country Clubber, which where you grew up, uh, Beverly Hanson, back in the LPGA days in like the 1950s, won a couple of majors. Okay. so that's yep. that's really cool stuff. Uh, speaking of match play, you just coming off that, is it true the last match play in in competition was a pint of palm? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that was as, as far as I can remember. Um, you know, certainly play a little bit when I'm at home here yeah. uh, with some buddies, but nothing uh, nothing serious. And um, it was different. Um, I didn't play as well as I would have liked, but uh, it was fun to be back. It was, it was kind of fun just to mix up the routine a little bit because you get stuck in kind of those same weeks one after another every year. What are those matches like, Tom? Is it pretty intense? Is it pretty intense friendly? How would you describe those? Um, I think it all just depends on who you play. You know, I would say that it was more on the friendly side um, in those pool matches. And I was getting beat so bad off the start in most of my guess that it was easy for those guys to be real friendly with me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that uh, more than anything, it's just a very unique golf course from what we play on tour. Kind of short and a lot uh-huh. of slopes and whatnot going on. Um, but, you know, for me, I... I hit the ball really well and just didn't make many putts. So uh, it was pretty simple for me what I need to work on this week and uh, 
get back uh, in shape for Augusta. You were fortunate to be able to play Augusta, I believe, a few weeks ago. What did you learn from that? I know you and I talked about it not long after you played it. Since then, have you adjusted your thoughts? What what did you learn from playing at at the course? Yeah, you know, I think that um, it was good just to see some of the shots. You know, everybody always talked about how you need to draw the golf ball in order to play well there, and you need to do this and that, and you know, Jack Nicholas hit a fade, and he seemed to do all right at, at the Masters. <laughs> um, so I saw, you know, there's a there's a tee shot on ten and a tee shot on thirteen that it helps to be able to hit a draw, but not mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. But um, more than anything, you know, you you can't have a weakness in your game that week. So you really are tested in all areas. You got to drive it straight. Um, it, it certainly is a second shot golf course, but um, and around the greens will test you. So you've got to be sharp in all areas and. Um, just got to be prepared to handle that challenge. Um, I think you know one of the one of the big takeaways walking it that day is just how tough of a walk it yeah. is getting around there. So you've got to be in good shape, and um, you know certainly nice to be at home for a couple weeks leading in to be with my trainer and getting some good work in the gym too. Hence being rested going into a tournament like that. Yeah, yeah. How how are you going to play Amen Corner, the most famous three holes in the world? How do you gonna, how do you gonna attack that? I would say pretty cautiously. Um, if you can make yeah. some pars on 11 and 12, you'll be in good shape. And then uh, hopefully pick off a few birdies on 13. But, you know, those are very demanding holes. So if you can just get it on the green on 11 and 12, you're picking up shots in the field. And they've, they have lengthened 11, I believe, correct? So um, adds a little... Yep. I guess, can you go for it in two? Yeah. Yeah, you can uh, You can be, You can. can get there. Um, they did some work where they... From what I understand, they took um, took the tee box back and took out some trees on the right side. But I mean, it's incredible when you play. I'd never been there before, and you would be shocked to from that they made some changes to those holes because everything looks so natural there. It looks like it's been there for fifty years. Yep. Tom Hoagie joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. When we come back, a couple more minutes with Tom. Stay with us. You gotta get up in the morning and head out to the practice range. Later in the show, Mark Johnson will stop by Sweet Shots. Yes, the top golf-like facility that has been under construction in South Fargo, right by I-29 and 52nd Avenue South. You may have noticed the big nets over the last year finally getting going. So Mark Johnson, formerly of the Fargo Country Club, and now the general manager of Sweet Shots, uh, will talk about the project and is really interesting. But first, we still have a few minutes with Tom Hoagie, your host for many years. Happy to have Tom on the week of the Masters. How cool is that? Uh, Tom, what, uh, let's get the story of Henry Diana Jr., your caddy, which I think is just one of the uh, really unsung stories in the PGA Tour this year. He was on your bag uh, in, your, in your tour win. How cool is that for you when you look back at it? Yeah, it's been funny. You know, Henry, uh, kind of his backstory is that he's caddied on tour for over 20 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a rookie, that would have been 2015, 2014, maybe even the fall, uh, when I first got out there. But um, Henry, caddied, Henry caddied for Charles Howell for a number of years. And um, I was paired with them, and that was when I first met Henry. And I would come around and... Uh, 
He went to Alabama, Alabama football guy, and we had some different interests in common that we talk about here and there. Yeah. But um, it would have been after my first first year I made the FedEx Cup 2018 that I was kind of looking for a change, looking to looking to kind of take things to the next level. And Henry was available to caddy at that time, so he's been with me for about four years now. And um, you know that was his first win up there until, which is hard to believe. He's played for a lot of great players, been up there for 20 years. But that was the first one. I think he said he had finished second about 15 times. So. <laughs> Uh, certainly had a lot of success, but um, pretty cool that we were able to get that first win together. And um, you know, he's able to get the flag off the 18th green and all the all that goes with it as the caddies do yeah. uh, for the first time. That was at Pebble Beach. Was he emotional uh, off camera? Ah, uh, not really. I would say that we're both uh, pretty calm that way, yeah. so not real emotional. But um, you know what? I think that as time goes on, you know, it's fun for us both to look back and how cool it was to be at Pebble Beach to get our first win and to do it together. You know, a lot of viewers, when they watch you play, will see this. When you're lining up a putt, Henry will straddle the line of the putt with both feet. Tell tell the people what what's he, what is he looking at and what's he telling you? Yeah, he's an aim point guy. So, you know, the aim point method of reading greens is based off what you feel in your feet and uh, what percentage of slope it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes about it that way. I can do my own thing, and then we'll discuss where we want to, how far out we want to play the putt. Um and so, you know, that's kind of something that we incorporated right away when he started working with me is that as an aim point guy, um, kind of in practice, you know, if you go to 10 feet, then you can get this percentage slopes. We use a level on the greens. Yeah. Um, 1% slope, the speed that we're playing, that's about a five to six inches of break. So that's something that we'll practice each day. Every day before I go out and play, is and part of my routine is one or 2% slope from 10 feet, hitting right to left putts, left to right breaking putts. And uh, just good practice, and to have a guy that understands aim point well and can can do his thing there, and and we'll kind of compare where we're at. Um, just good to have another set of eyes and somebody that I trust that are helping me. And people, when he when Tom is talking about practicing putting, he's not going on the green for five minutes and then hitting the first tee. I think John <laughs> Dahl told me that you're there for a half hour each way, right? Half hour left to right, half hour right to left. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the time can vary, you know. When I'm getting ready to go play around um, as my warm-up, I would say that that part of it takes 10 minutes or so. You know, I'll ball hit left to righters, right to lefters, but that's probably 10 minutes total. But when I'm out practicing at home, you know, I'll still incorporate some of that same aim point stuff um, where I can use a level on the greens and really dial in what we're looking at. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon. I'd be there for an hour plus kind of hitting those those aim point putts and uh, you know I, I've always felt that if you can handle those 8 to 10 footers I mean the rest of it's pretty easy from there so yeah. you can get some confidence that frees you up in shipping ball striking because you know that you can make those 8 to 10 foot putts the, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you need to get your putting a little ironed out a little, little uh, yep. nook and cran here and there specifically have you changed putters or what are you doing uh, I've kind of bounced back and forth from the same two putters here all year, but um, you know I'm just been a little bit off on alignment starting off where my eyes were looking. So I'm trying to get that focus back in here and, and where it needs to be. Um, I've always been a guy that's aimed a little bit left and then hit a slight push to hit the ball back where I'm looking, hmm. um, and that can get a, a little bit off at times. But um, it certainly helped me to understand my tendencies a little bit more and uh, go about that in practice. Tom Hoagie joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. A few more minutes here with Tom. 
you're gonna have quite the week, right? Uh, your, your brother's getting married on Sunday. Um, <laughs> describe what this week is gonna be, not only for you but for your family in general. Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. You know, they certainly sacrificed a lot in order for me to be in this position, and so. You know, I was able to play for the first time with my dad and brother. It was all of our first trips to Augusta that we shared together, you know, driving down Magnolia Lane together. So that was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and just to have them there to share it with me is, is uh, kind of the cool part about it all. Um, you know, like, like we talked about, coming from Fargo, North Dakota, you'd, I mean, a pretty long shot dream to be playing the Masters one day. But yeah. uh, here we all are, and there's certainly a lot of people. You know, Steve Kennedy's going to come out for a couple of days, uh, who is our golf coach at Fargo South, who's mm-hmm. now at NDSU. But uh, a lot of people that helped in that journey that uh, it'll be fun to share that with. Yeah, Steve Kennedy, uh, and all those, uh, you played a lot of cold weather tournaments with the coach. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it was not easy, you know, getting to where you are with that have you heard about the british open tom uh nothing new with the british open i don't i haven't even looked what the cutoff dates are as far as top 50 in the world rankings there's another way through the fedex cup um i haven't got that far out yet but i think i'm in pretty good position for that still um and then hopefully hopefully i can go play well here at augusta and won't have to worry about that whole lot I know you want to win. Everybody wants to win. What do you have a goal? What's you, you make the cut? Uh, get in the contention. What are you thinking? Or are you, or you just want a shot at a time? How do you approach it? I don't really have a goal. You know, it's part of that freedom you got to play with, like we talked about. That, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the realistic part of it. You know, Kevin Kisner's had that comment before, where some some course he shows up that he, he can only finish maybe twentieth or so, but. Um, you know, and, and the same applies to all of us. You know, some courses just don't fit you well, but you just want to go out and play well. And some weeks you can go play well and have a shot to win. Some weeks you can play well and finish 15th to 20th. But, um, yeah, as long as I kind of go out and play well. And, you know, I think that the frustrating part for me, you know, I played really well at the Players' Championship a few weeks ago. Yeah. But I had quite a few three putts, um, some par fives right around the green and two, not getting up and down, that sort of stuff. So you feel like you leave a lot of shots out there. I think that you know, good weeks when you feel like your game's pretty efficient and you're getting the most out, most out of what you can, and not leaving those shots out there. So that's kind of what I focus on more. The stats say you're one of the top players in the world right now. Do you see yourself at that top level? Do you feel yourself at that top level? Yeah, I mean, I certainly feel like I've put in a lot of work and kind of really stepped up the work and preparation I've been putting in for the last six, eight months or so, and. Um, Certainly ball striking-wise, I feel like I'm right there. Uh, like we talked about, I got to put a little bit better. But I've been playing well and certainly feel like, you know, when I go out and play my best that I can compete with these guys. So it's fun. It's a fun time to get out there and heat up right now. Tom, it's going to be fantastic. Thanks so much again for joining us on the golf show. Uh, obviously, we are on watching every shot. And that's a tournament where you can watch every shot of you. So very cool stuff. Best of luck, and uh, we'll chat again. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. That's Tom Hoagie. Fargo South's own, Fargo's finest. Mark Johnson is up next. Stay with us. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll be back right after this. Steaming at that trap, it'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I wouldn't give you a nickel. It's a one time around you. Well, that was big time. One thing about Tom Hoagie, he's been around the block, and now he is one of the really premier players in the world. Really quite remarkable from Fargo South. 
TCU, didn't even win a state title at Fargo South, and just is one of those guys that just has been mentally so tough over the years, and 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 sometimes uh, you know mentally tough supersedes the ability to hit the golf ball, and he obviously can do both. Somebody, oh, speaking of mentally tough, glad to be joined in studio by somebody who is. Uh, gone through some uh, mentally changing ways in the golf business. Mark Johnson from head professional at Fargo Country Club to now Sweet Shots, which is a project we've all seen going up in South Fargo. How's it going? Good morning. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, yeah, it's been an interesting transition to yeah. say the least. Well, you've done, you, you have a lot of hats. I mean, you know, rock star Johnson Five. For, is your wife uh, able to handle all the groupies and? You know what what goes along with the uh, the rock star world. I've, if there are groupies, I've yet to see them. Okay. <laughs> so, yep, she's doing just fine in that area. Um, you know what? I, I'm I'm loving life. Yeah. What I mean, it, this is a great world we live in. Um, golf is uh, the golf industry. Golf has uh, mm-hmm. given me an opportunity to have a lot of fun in my career and uh, being part of the community, being in a band or yeah. uh, being involved in community groups or church things like that. This is just such a great community, and it's it's fun to be a part of it. And now bringing sweet shots to it it's just uh it's a fun ride before we get into sweet shots let's talk about tom a little bit and the and the masters and you've seen him over the years and and you've been the tournament director when he won the bobcat north dakota open how cool is this for you well yeah and and not only for me but for those that you know, maybe have a little piece of of uh, what we think of, of of Tom and 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 how we maybe in some small way help mm-hmm. shape him yeah. from his youth coaches, Steve Kennedy at, at Fargo South, mm-hmm. and um, you know just those that uh, members of the Fargo Country Club that played golf with him and allowed him to play. You know, he was running around there as a as a teenager and playing in some in some uh, quote unquote big games. Um, you know, I think everybody takes a little bit of oh, I, you know, I had a little hand and help. Yeah. Uh, developing or watching him develop it's it's special and to your point that mental toughness he's just steady you watch him play and he just there's no highs and lows emotionally when he's playing i'm sure he gets disappointed at times i'm sure he's thrilled at times but it's just this steady rock and i think at, and in golf at a certain point everybody's a little different but in mm-hmm. golf it, often that steady that steady uh um personality that ability to, to just let the bad things roll off your back and not over uh, get overexcited with the good things it's obviously it's working for Tom. After he won at Pebble Beach, we ran a story in inform.com that I wrote and <laughs> the photo of, of Tom, I think he was 14 years old, had the big horn-run glasses, a shirt that's way too big. I bet he weighed 105 pounds or who knows what. But and 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 the belt that's way too big. <laughs> it's just a you know, when he to go from that to what this is now is is just a testament of hanging in it, hanging with it. And you've been around golfers at the Dakotas Tour, and then we look at the PGA Tour, and now he's at the top of the PGA Tour. What is, what's it take to go from the Dakotas Tour, A, the PGA Tour, and then to win on it? Well, it, it, it takes talent and work ethic and then some timing. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, Tom came back, played North Dakota Open a couple of those years where he was not exempt into the tour the next year. Right. So to stay sharp before he completed uh, what was his PGA Tour season and before he went back into what would be considered the qualifying tournaments to get back on tour, mm-hmm. he wanted to stay sharp. So he came and played North Dakota Open. And uh, the one year, he, d- he the first year he was in, in contention, but he didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next year he, he did win. And... 
I had comments from the other tour players that uh, by far the majority of the tour players were excited that he was in the field, mm-hmm. be able to stack their game up next to theirs. Sure. Now it wasn't easy for Tom. I mean, but he played. He played it never some great is golf. golf, right? Nope. It never is. He played some great golf, including a tournament tied to tournament record at Fargo Country Club during the North Dakota Open to win that tournament. And these guys were there neck and neck with them, and that's where I've I've frequently said that the players playing. In our North Dakota Open, in the final couple groups, they're playing some great golf. Now, it, they'd probably play at a level where they could make the cut on PGA Tour that week, and I think they, that gave them that ability to see how close they are. But yet, it's a huge cavern between where they're at and where Tom's at now. It, it's it's huge. gigantic. Yes. And and how do you get there? How, how does Tom bridge that? It's having that ability to be out on tour week after week so you can afford to make a couple mistakes and it doesn't send you back down to the you know the web.com or what it was then now it's right. corn ferry tour so that you have that luxury of being out there a while and then if you're out there a while you're seeing golf courses a second a third time makes a big difference and then the off-field things knowing where to stay what your transportation looks like when do i like to get into la to play at riviera should i get in sunday do i you know arrive monday morning it's all those things that only with experience do you, do you end up learning from? And uh, and I think that's where Tom now kind of has his legs under him. He's getting that third, fourth, fifth lap around. And uh, he's so doggone steady. He's not afraid to play a lot of golf and work hard. That's a pretty good recipe out there. Well, he's not staying at motels anymore. <laughs> Driving right. He's, <laughs> he's got that down pretty good. I look at Tom and the Masters, and you've been to the Masters, Mark. What's it take for him to get around the course? Well, it, you know, that's that is going to be fun to watch. See how he navigates himself around that golf course. It's a course where experience matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Buzzy Zeller maybe in 79 won it as a rookie. Um it because the, it's it's kind of and I no disrespect to Augusta if they're listening. Yeah. There's some Mickey Mouse things going on there. Mm-hmm. Meaning you to get the ball close to some hole locations. You're literally playing 50 feet away from that hole location and, and allowing the slope to take the ball down to that hole location. Yeah. It's like if you would go back to the you know Thunder Road or Fuddruckers back in the day, there, there's some goofy stuff going on that you only know either by having a caddy that's been there or you learn from players that have played there. Uh, and if they're willing to share that information. Otherwise, you go at some of those hole locations you can't. You, you really. The margin for error is so small that you end up in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Tom admits. I mean, he's he's one that he he takes dead aim. He is not afraid. Uh, I think on this show last year, he told us he's a better chipper than he is a leg putter. Um, and you need to be a great leg putter there at Augusta, by the way. Um, so I I think what might. What might hold him back a little bit at Augusta is just maybe not knowing the nuances. How how soon can we learn those though? If he gets a couple of practice rounds with the right people, if his, his caddy's a seasoned guy, um, if Tom's disciplined enough to play away from some of those hole locations, um, he could have a really nice week. Um, it takes a special putting week there. Tom had a special week at, at Pebble to win. Very special putting week. His putter's gone a little cold since then. Um, it's a it's a tough tournament to win. Um, the other nuance there is you don't have to be a great driver of the golf ball to win, and it brings a lot of people into into play. Uh, there's virtually no rough. That first cut mm-hmm. isn't a penalty cut, right? Um, so it doesn't reward necessarily the great ball strikers. Yep, um, it's the guys that get it around. 
Mark Johnson joins us on the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Before we go to the break, sweet shots. It's snowing outside. This is where you guys thrive in the winter. It's going to be fun. Get yeah. out there, hit some balls, even yeah. with the little winter Whack it on the outside, again. yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, so it's it adds a new uh, dimension to what we're doing out there. We're... Um, yeah, we're having fun trying to figure out how to run this thing um, and definitely hitting some ball or picking up golf balls in the snow is uh, something as we're kids we're thinking about. We were nuts out there hitting balls in the snow, but yeah, we're doing it now. Uh, we'll get into the details after the break, but when do you open? What's the schedule right now? Sure. We're uh, in this. This is the first public announcement. Okay, Jeff. This, this is, is this it. is breaking news. This is breaking news. Uh, Monday. April 4th. Okay. Masters week. We're going to open it. Um, 11 o'clock. We're going to, we're going to allow folks to come on out and experience sweet shots. So if you're looking for a place to watch the masters uh, next week, uh, you know, come on out, hit some balls and have something to eat and and watch Augusta. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to open on Monday. Mark Johnson, longtime guest of the golf show, 18 years gone. I believe you were on the ground floor of this, of this baby. Correct, and here we are, still going. That's that's it's a testament to the the golfing community and the sport in general. Just love it. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Mark after this. Don't look at that brook with your sweet hook. You ain't gone in there. I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the final segment of the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 107.3 FM. 740 The Fan, 740thefan.com is the web address, podcasted, of course, on 740 The Fan homepage and inform.com. So you can always catch it. Mark Johnson is the guest. The what is a general manager? Is that your title at Sweet Shots? What what do you call yourself over there? Yeah, I'm I'm the CEO and director of golf. Okay. Okay. Kind of a little bit I'm doing every a little bit of everything. And a lot of nothing. Give us the sense from the ground floor. How did a lot of people don't know how this got going? They just see a lot of building. Give us a little historical concept of this. Sure. Yeah. Three years ago, March of nineteen, mm-hmm. my brother uh, was in Miami heading out on a cruise, and they had time to kill. So he. I haven't his, heard this story. Yeah, he and his two boys, high school age at the time, mm-hmm. um, maybe freshman in college and high school age. Anyways, non golfers. My brother plays golf, mm-hmm. kind of a, a snooty golfer guy, a member at Moorhead Country Club, <laughs> one of those guys. And uh, his wife and kids know golf. And my dad was a golf coach at Fargo Shanley for years. Many years. Um, but the but it, my brother's sons, they, they went to Moorhead and they were non-golfers. They played every other sport besides golf. Golf wasn't cool. They went to Top Golf. And they had a great time. And they, matter of fact, when they got off the ship, when they got back on the mainland, they played top golf again. He called me and he said, We need to do this in Fargo. This is unbelievable. People right. to the left of us are having a birthday party for a 10 year old, and people on the right, it looks like it's couples, a couple's night out. Everybody's having fun. And I said, Well, I know a couple other folks in town that were talking about it. Let me get you in contact. And I started attending meetings and introducing people to people that I knew through the golf community. And sure enough, Kevin Christensen with uh, Christensen Companies and Tyler Brandt um, got those folks in a room with uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Christensen, uh, Jim Heyer, uh, yeah. Heyer Engineering. Um, 
or Kevin Johnson with uh, Gateway Building says, and it just this thing just snowballed. Yeah. And uh, the more it snowballed, the more they were asking me for contacts with Callaway and and Top Golf, and so we ended up leasing the Top Tracer uh, technology from Top Golf. That's our technology partner. They're not coming into communities our size, um, but they'll lease the technology to apply it to what we're called a super range. Um, and we we fashioned what we're doing after t- the Top Golf model. Matter of fact, the gentleman that built and designed the first 24 Top Golf facilities in the U.S. is from South Dakota. He's a PGA member, and he was assigned to our project. And he spent a lot of time with us, helped create some nuances with our design that I think we built a little uh, smarter building, including we have a learning academy, a putt view room, a short game area that uh, we're dedicating in my dad's memory. Yeah, it's just not whacking golf balls off a deck. There's a lot more there. Yep, there's more going on. For yeah. those that have been to a Top Golf, we've taken that concept and we've we've done golf entertainment also meets golf performance. Right. So in our lowest level, we have a learning academy, fitting studio, uh, putt view green, uh, five indoor simulators uh, with multi sports. So it's uh, I, I, I'm excited to have people come in and and we're really focusing on growing the game at a ground level. So if it's youth uh, or adult learn to play programming, um, as well as veterans and at-risk youth um so we're we're excited about the, about that part of it we really intend to be fantastic community partners whether it's leveraging us for fundraisers uh, we know there's a lot of folks out there using golf uh, in the summer to, uh, for yep. fundraisers i think this opens up an ability to fundraise and uh, hold events for people that aren't necessarily comfortable going to a golf course but you could come out and participate in in what we've got going on here so we're excited to be involved in the community and and introduce this concept to people and for those who have not been to a Top Golf, I've been fortunate to be to a few that, okay, it's winter and you're hitting outside. Obviously, they're heated. Give us the details of the heating system. Right, in, we have in the base. Yeah, we have three large radiant heaters that uh, suspend above you. And yesterday we were out there and the granite tabletops get hot enough when the heaters are on high that it's almost too hot to touch. <laughs> Amazing. So you can turn them down, yeah. obviously, if you need to. We also have um, some of the bays have sectionals, and the mm-hmm. material gets so warm. I say it feels like you're sitting down into a, a dry a jacuzzi. It is you could you could nap out there on a on a 20 degree day and, right. and feel very comfortable. The wind is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. If we get that southeast wind, we're because facing you're east. Facing, you're facing east. Right? Yes, which was the preferred. You know, Top Golf said, let's get it go orientate it this way because most of your winds are coming the other direction. Cold winds. Um, yep. But the southeast wind in the winter is tricky. Otherwise, it's pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, you get a 40-mile-an-hour wind, it might whip around in there. But in general, I think it's going to be more comfortable than people realize. Yeah. What is the uh, target market of, of people? Because a lot of people haven't been there. Five-year-olds, 80-year-olds, everybody in between. You can go and have a couple drinks, and you don't have to sit there and, and play all day. Right. No, you don't. Matter of fact, you know, it's we it's by the hour. So the bay is rented like weekdays before noon. It's nineteen dollars per hour. And you can have up to six people there. So don't put me on the spot for math, but that's a little over three dollars. Writers don't do math. Yeah. Um, Either do golf pros. You know, so and you don't have to order any food and beverage. If you want to just come out and hit some golf balls, you can do that. So you rent the bay by the time. Now, of course, the the rate goes up as a Saturday night. Our most expensive rates, forty nine dollars. Right. But nineteen dollars on weekdays um it's 
I, it's for everyone. It it really is the the target market or the uh, the market that plays Top Golf. Sixty five percent of those that play at Top Golf don't consider themselves a golfer at all. Um, so interesting. Yeah, it's that. more of an entertainment. Um, we took that idea though, and first level is maybe the least coveted for, from the entertainment because you're not up in the air. And we kind of went golf nut on it. So we 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 tailored our facility to more of that golfer that might want to be on that first level to see actual ball flight. Maybe they're preparing for a trip to. Yeah. Vegas, or wherever they're going to go play golf. Um, we're using real golf balls, not limited flight balls, so our field is longer. And then some of the technology gives feedback for those that want the feedback on on how their practice session's going. You get some real detail on performance as well. But there's games for kids. Go Fish is a fantastic game. I mean, there's... There's something for everyone. Yeah. There really is. And you don't have to bring your own clubs. You have clubs there. We do. You yep. can if you want, correct? You can bring your own clubs if you'd like. Otherwise, we have Callaway product there. Left-handed. We have youth clubs, women's clubs, men's clubs. So, I'd say the first time, if you just want to check it out, don't bring your clubs. Just come on and use what we have. And some people commented as we were doing our our testing, some of our staff, they said, this stuff's nicer than, the, than what I play with. I'm just <laughs> no. going to use what you have. So, we do have the latest, greatest Callaway. You know, I, I, I mean, simulators are, are great, and they're especially good in the winter here, and they're good for testing clubs at various shops, you know, around the city and around the area. But there's something about senior ball flight. I don't know what it is. But it, to me, it just it's it's another cool amenity of this community, and especially in the winter because these winters are hard, and this winter was especially hard. And you'd be open certainly in February, like even though the weather wasn't good. That I love the fact that we are just more of a metro community with stuff like this. And you can go out there in February and see your ball flight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for recognizing that. I, th- yeah. I think we're all looking for things to do in the winters here, and that's been comments that we've had from yeah. folks that plan events, bring people to town in the winter. They're looking for some more things to do, whether it's some of our larger companies in town, um, and we're going to provide that, and that's that's fun. So, yeah, senior full ball flight. Some some folks full ball flight is shorter than others full ball flight, but to see the ball fly through the air is kind of kind of cool at night. It just illuminates against the the the, the night sky. Is gambling allowed with your buddies out there by chance? It is definitely allowed. It's allowed? Okay. It's allowed. There's, yep. there's gambling at Bushwood. Nothing sponsored by the host <laughs> facility, but we're not going to stop you for exchanging a beer or a dollar or two over a long drive contest. Before I let you go, this is a, another avenue in your life that I don't think you ever foresaw. I think you probably saw yourself as a golf professional until you retired. So you see this fork in the road. And there's something that said there, it said, let's go, let's go for it. In this early stages of this, do you think about that at all? That, man, I'm going on something different here. Yeah, and... and when you ask, were asking that question, I, I just flipped right to my dad. Yeah. And he, he passed the fall of 19. Mm-hmm. This was just a concept that we had. He knew we were going to do it. And um, his passing and how he lived his life changed my life. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to get emotional yeah, no, here, yeah, but... I, I never thought I'd be doing something outside of a green grass facility, but he was all in on this and the ability to grow the game. And that's what, mot- that's, what's motivating me right now is uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, it was almost a year where I, I wasn't 
maybe in front of folks giving them lessons or being in front of golf and this week having some staff learning teaching them how to play golf from servers that never held a club before it just clicked back in and I'm I'm very thankful that I'm in this industry and if we can have that mission of growing the game and and bringing some joy to people through golf that's that's why I'm doing it and Don was a staunch golf guy so to have his blessing I think is is really good yeah, he, right. Because he he's a golf guy. He was a golf guy. Yeah, and he saw it. He yeah. he was always about, and he wasn't always about his players going on to college to play golf. Mm-hmm. But it was about coming out on the team, learning the skills, to play golf, and interact with people, and all the good things that come from uh, the game of golf. So in a in a small way, we're able to continue that uh, his tradition of of. Uh, you know, introducing the game and, and giving folks a skill set, young people's skill set that they can take on beyond the golf course. Congratulations, Mark. Look forward to it. Thanks, Sweet Jeff. Shots, South Fargo. It. Opening April 4th, Monday. Check it out. It's walk up. It's first come, first serve Monday. Okay. So you can't so You reserve. can make tea times, though. Yes, eventually we'll flip that on on the okay. website and you can make a tea time. Otherwise, just uh, come on up. We'll take care of you. Awesome. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Thanks again to Tom Hoagie. Best of luck to Tom this weekend and the Masters and next weekend, I should say. Uh, how cool is that? Thanks again to Mark. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit him straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Expect anything different? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Tune in next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.